morning, Oakwood, and welcome back. It's uh, good to be back, and if I had to preach one more week to a computer, I, I think I was going to go nuts. But let me tell you, Satan threw everything at us to keep keep us shut down. You know, we've got the coronavirus, uh, and it's kind of spiked up. But a week ago Saturday, you guys probably saw that great lightning show. Well, it was so beautiful but it also hit our building, and it fried out, a, well, we're over $5,000 worth of components that it, it fried out. Uh, this projector is gone. This one has been flickering all week, uh, so we're just hoping and praying it hangs on there. Uh, all the equipment that we needed to broadcast so that we can stream live, we've had to put that equipment together literally with uh, duct tape, bubble gum and, and stuff, but it's working. So those are watching at home, hey, welcome. Those that are in person, uh, a special welcome because I am so glad to, to see you guys today. We're in a, this series called Better, and we are actually in week number four of this series called Better. Week number one, we looked at better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere, and we learned that being a, a servant in the house of God is better than being an exalted position in the, the, the house of the enemy. We also looked in week two at uh, better is one handful of tranquility and peace than two handfuls of wealth and turmoil and chaos and, and chasing after the wind. Last week we looked at better is wisdom, better is wisdom even than gold and silver. So today we're going to look at another scripture that has the word better in it. And we're going to look at this subject today a better having a better name, a good name. Uh, if you have your Bibles turn with me to Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 and that's kind of going to be our jumping off point today. We're going to use several other scriptures, but this is the one that we're going to kind of keep coming back to. Proverbs 22, 1. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than gold or silver. You see, this world is going to try to tell you what they believe is better, but God says, I've got a better way. And today, he's going to challenge us with having a better name. But in order to grasp the better, we have to let go of the good so that we can take a hold of the better. The Bible tells us that having a good name is basically like having a good reputation. It's what you're known for. Okay, so let me ask you a question. When your name is mentioned or someone thinks about you, what's the things that come into their mind? Is it good thoughts or bad thoughts? Do they immediately begin to think, you know, he, he is a no good, rotten so-and-so. Uh, he lies, he cheats, you know, he's unfaithful to his wife, never makes time for his kids. He's, he's a drunk, uh, on, he, you, he'll never do what he says he's going to do, and that's what comes to their mind. Or is it, you know, that person, they're the real deal. They do what they say. A great father, great mother, husband, wife, lover of, of mankind, a follower of God, a true servant of the Lord. 
Now, a good name doesn't necessarily mean that you're perfect, but it means that we serve a perfect God, and He is working His perfection in us. The Scripture says a good name is better than being wealthy or having lots of gold and silver. That's Jesus. Okay? That's Jesus. I grew up in a small little town, Lamar, Missouri, and uh, I grew up with a family that had a good name, a good reputation. They were not wealthy. They didn't have a lot, but they had a good name. In fact, they were known in the community of, of not just being servants at the church, but also in, in the community as well. My dad was actually rewarded after he had retired by the governor of Missouri with the, uh, the Governor's Heart of Gold Service Award, just because he was such, such a servant, a good, good name. Well, when I was 16, it came time to buy a car, and I'd been working baling hay, mowing lawns, you know, and I'd saved up some money, but I was about $1,000 short. So mom and dad, they said, why don't you go to the bank and get a loan for that? It'd be good for you to develop some credit and, you'd, you know, just go through that process. So I went into the bank, and, you know, back in those days, they didn't have a long paper application. You actually got to go meet the loan officer. You just went and sat at his desk, and I explained to him why I was there and said I needed $1,000 to, to get this car that I wanted. He said, do you have a job? I said, well, yeah, I, I bail some hay and, and mow some lawns. And he said, what's your name? I said, it's, it's Alan Seibel. He said, are, are you Glenn Seibel's son? I said, yeah. He said, I know your dad, and I know how he's raised you, and I'm going to give you that loan. That was it. No paperwork. No, you know, he said, I'm going to give you that loan. No application. My good name, actually the good name of my parents, got me a loan. Now, that was only $1,000, but for a 16-year-old kid that didn't even have an account at that bank, I felt like that was pretty good. You see, having a good name is better than gold and silver. You know, names are, are really interesting, and sometimes we get a name and, and it sticks to us. Uh, when I was in junior high, I was a little guy. I mean, I was teeny tiny. But I got the nickname of Big Al. Big Al. And that has stuck with me pretty much to this day. A lot of people still refer to me as Big Al. So, parents, that's why it's really important, the names that we give our kids, okay? Now, you don't want to give your kid a name that later in life they're going to get beat up on the playground for that name. You know, you probably heard that old song uh, Johnny Cash sang, A Boy Named Sue. You know, you don't want to name your kid Sue, your boy Sue. Um, when it comes to the names, you know, normally the first child, moms and dads, they get the, the, na the book of names and they start looking and they do a lot of research, a lot of thought goes into that name. Number two, it's a little less thought and, you know, by the time the third kid comes around, like, uh, you name him. I, I named the last one. And so it's kind of whatever. Let me give you some names and, and see what the first thought that comes to your mind when I say these names. So we can do audience participation this, this morning. So, okay, so if you think of something, just go ahead and kind of blurt it out. Adolf Hitler. Nobody? Evil. Okay. Very good. Billy Graham. Okay. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
okay? He's known for what? Being a civil rights activist. Okay, Mike Gundy. Anybody say, anybody say mullet? Okay, um, Osama bin Laden. Dead. Mother Teresa. A saint. Donald Trump. Oh, well, hold on. We're not going to go political, so we'll just skip over that one, all right? You, you see, when you hear a name, you immediately begin to think about what that person is known for, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And so you have things attached to your name. And you see, a good name is better because a name can be either good or bad. Socrates said this, regard your good name as the richest jewel you can possibly possess. Get that? I'm going to say it again. Regard your good name as the richest jewel you can possibly possess. So why is it good to have a good name, a good reputation? I think there's probably a lot of reasons that we can come up with, but I'm going to give you three today. Now, there's probably a whole lot more than that, but I want to concentrate on three reasons that a good name is better today. First one is a good name is better because it can instill confidence. It can instill confidence. Proverbs 10, 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. You see, when you live your life and you walk with integrity, it's going to give you a confidence. And you're going to be secure in that because you have got a good name. Now, the good name that you get to wear is a follower of Christ, a Christian. And it's your responsibility to wear that name with integrity. And when you do that, it will instill confidence. When I was growing up, I was the middle son of three boys. And my older brother, he was a really good football player and really good at basketball. That's why I concentrated on baseball, okay? But he was really good at those things. And so when I got into high school, now he was older than me a little bit, but I was known as Seibel's little brother. But it wasn't necessarily a bad thing because he had had a good reputation as being a good athlete. And so I was kind of automatically accepted as I'm okay because I was Seibel's little brother and Tim Seibel was okay. He convinced me that after he went to Midwest Christian College that I should come and, and go to go to Bible college, at least one year. And so I walked around the campus expecting to get a new identity, but again, guess what? I'm Seibel's little brother. But that was also a good thing because, see, he had paved the way for me. And everybody thought he was okay, so I was immediately accepted even though I was still Seibel's little brother, I was accepted because I already had a name. So here's the, the thing, though. We have to value and protect that good name we have. We have to live and walk with integrity, all right? It means that you don't have to be afraid of somebody finding out something that you've done to tarnish that good name, the name of Christ. Maybe you ha have been looking at something on your mobile device that you don't need to be looking at and you're afraid somebody's going to find out and tarnish the reputation that you have or tarnish the good name of Christ. Maybe you're having a conversation on Snapchat or Facebook or through email that's inappropriate 
and you're trying to cover your tracks so that nobody will find out. Maybe you're right in the middle of a full-blown affair and you're just thinking, how do I cover this up? How do I hide all this so that I, I'm never found out? Maybe um, you're a student at, and you're known for cheating and you're way through, through school and all of a sudden you get to the finals and like, okay, it's going to be really hard for me to pass this test because I've been cheating. Or maybe on your time clock, you, you fudge on your time clock or you just don't give people a, a good, good day's work and you're afraid that the, the boss is going to find out. That means that you're not walking with integrity. But when you walk with integrity, the Bible says that you're going to walk securely and it will build confidence. Let me tell you another benefit that you'll get to lay your head down on the pillow when you walk with integrity. When you lay your head down on the pillow at night, you're going to do so with a clean conscience. Not just for your family, but most importantly for your Heavenly Father. I always used to tell my kids when I'd drop them off for school, we'd always have a prayer, kind of had this routine, and I'd tell them, make both your dads proud today. Make both your dads proud today. The second thing a good name will help do, it, it speaks for you. A good name, name will speak for you. Last week I told you about Solomon. God was so pleased with Solomon when he offered a thousand bulls on the altar. That was kind of the tradition when you became king to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. He offered a thousand bulls to the Lord. And the Lord was so pleased, he said, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Solomon asked for wisdom. And God was so pleased, he said, because you've asked for wisdom to lead your people, I'm going to give you wealth and fame, and, and you're going to be well-known, all this, you know, all this other stuff that you didn't ask for. Well, his reputation was really basically spread around the world, and the Queen of Sheba heard about King Solomon. And she was so intrigued, she said, I'm going to go actually find out for myself because to see whether this stuff is all true and so in second chronicles chapter 9 the queen of sheba came to jerusalem to visit solomon and she asked him some some hard questions here beginning with verse 1 of chapter 9 when the queen of sheba heard of solomon's fame she came to jerusalem to test him with hard questions Arriving with a great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all the things she had on her mind. Okay, now, men, have you ever been asked hard questions by a woman? I wonder what those hard questions were. You know, we've, we've had those before. Does this outfit make me look fat? Do you like these shoes or what? Hey, I got a new haircut. Do you like, you know, I don't know what hard questions she asked him. But she had a lot on her mind. She, it, it, the scripture here said that uh, she came and talked about all that she had on her mind. I wonder how many days that conversation was. All right, let's go on before I get myself in trouble. Solomon answered all of her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, 
the cupbearers and the robes and the burnt offerings he made, the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. And verse 5 says, she said to the king, the report I heard about you in my own country, about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe what they said until I came and I saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half of the greatness of your wisdom was told to me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. You see, after she asked him these hard questions and he answered every one of them, and she talked about all the things on her mind, she said, you know, I had to come find out for myself if this was really true. And you far exceeded anything I had heard. God has really blessed you. You see, your reputation can go before you. That's what a good name will do. It will speak for you. You've probably met someone before that um, you had never met them before, but you had heard so much about them that you literally felt like that you knew who they were and that you knew all about them before you ever met them. That's what a good name can do. It will speak for you. Billy Graham. People had never met Billy Graham had heard of his reputation. Mother Teresa. People knew what type of a person she was. You see, Scripture says a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is even better. Sometimes we see this played out on social media, maybe through Facebook. Somebody will post something on your wall or your feed or make a comment, and they'll begin to attack you and, and, and to make accusations. I tell you right now, it doesn't take much, does it? But then all of a sudden, somebody in your family of Facebook friends will come to your defense and say, wait a minute, you don't know who this person is that you're talking about. That is absolutely not true. You don't know the character that they have in their heart. You don't know the quality of that person. So don't be getting on here and, and trashing this person. They come to your fence because a good name speaks for you. Third thing, a, a good name, it inspires others. A good name inspires others. 1 Corinthians 11 one says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You see, Apostle Paul was speaking to the people in Corinth, and, and he was saying to them, I want you to follow my example because I'm following Christ. And so if you're following me, you're ultimately going to be following Christ. So I want you to live your life and think about that. Live your life in, in, in such a way that other people want to follow you. Maybe people think, you know, they've had so much going on in their life, so many bad things and so much turmoil, but boy, they've got this joy about them. It, it's not a, not a happiness, but it's a joy. And I don't know where it comes from, but boy, it just seems like that they are joyful. And I want it. I like it. I'm inspired by it. Or maybe they look at you and say, you know, they don't have a lot. You know, I've got a lot in life, and they don't have much, but, boy, they are happy. And I've got a lot here, and it just seems like I'm constantly chasing my tail. I've, there's a lot of chaos and turmoil. And they just, they get it. I, I like what they have. 
I'm inspired by it. You see what, what the difference is that you have learned what it means to spend a day in the house in the court of the Lord. You see, the world didn't give you that joy. That came from the Lord. You can have happiness or fun from the world sometimes, but true joy is going to come from the Lord. So as followers of Christ, you ought to be able to walk in such a way that people say, I like, I want what they have. I'm inspired by that. Maybe you're saying, you know, I'm not an inspirational person. I'm not, not a preacher. I'm not a Billy Graham, an evangelist. I'm, gosh, I just work as a bank teller or, or, you know, I'm a grocery store clerk. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a construction worker, whatever. I'm not inspiring at all. I'm just not that type of person. Let me give you a pop quiz, okay? Now, you're not allowed to use Google right now, okay? So nobody cheat. And remember, you're in, you're in church. So if you cheat, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes right now, okay? Who was Miss America? Now, and I just kind of came up with these off the top of my head. Who was Miss America in 2017? Nobody knows? Okay, let's go. What about who won the 2010 World Series? Who was the MVP of that World Series? I mean, that's one of the biggest events in... Hmm. What about um, who won the best film in 2015? And won the best actor that year? You know, I haven't a clue either, okay? I didn't look those up. I just, that is, you know, I just wrote those things down. I have no idea who those people are, and I bet 99% of you don't either. Those people that we esteem so much, how much did they inspire us? Not enough to even remember their name. But I bet you can remember the name of a teacher that you had in school that inspired you to greatness, that saw something in you that made you believe in yourself. Maybe it was a coach that pulled out ability that you didn't even know that you had. Maybe it was a friend that was there during your times of need that you could always count on. Oh, you can think of their names, can't you? I think back the teacher and the coach that inspired me the most, his name was Richard Marty. He was our Fellowship of Christian Athletes sponsor. He was also our high school basketball coach. He inspired me by not just the way he taught in the classroom, not just the way he coached on the floor, but before we got off the bus, every time we got back home, he prayed for us. He inspired me on how he treated his family and his wife how he lived his life. And maybe you're saying, you know, I don't have a good name. I'm not even close. Romans 3.23 says, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means me, you, Pastor Eric, even Rusty Moles, as, as good as that guy is, the Bible says he's sinned and fallen short of, of 
the glory of God. But the good news is that even though our names aren't good, there is one who is. And that name is the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that every knee will bow, even kings and rulers of this earth will one day bow before him. And will confess his name and tremble at the name of Jesus. Maybe today you came here in bondage of, of a sin. Maybe it's a secret sin. Maybe it's because of the choices you've made, but the good news, Galatians chapter 5 says that through Jesus you can be set free. Maybe you feel very distant from God. Maybe uh, you're like the church in the book of Revelation says, I know your deeds, but you're dead. Maybe you're just spiritually dead. Ephesians 2 says you can be brought near to God. Maybe you feel unlovable and unacceptable. Romans 15 says that you are accepted. Maybe you just feel like you're sinful and filthy. 2 Corinthians 5 says you are a new creation. Maybe you're saying, boy, you, Alan, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I've been. Let me just ask you, have any of you persecuted tortured or killed any christians this week anybody okay those last four scriptures that i just referred to were written by a guy by the name of paul he used to be called saul but that was that's what he was known for persecuting torturing killing christians and god used him to write almost half of the new testament so if god can take a killer today we would call that person a, a terrorist we can if god can take a terrorist and turn his life around and give him a good name think what he can do for you i want to end with this story i did a funeral for a guy i had no idea who this guy was and you know sometimes i'm i'm asked about that all the time to do a funeral for somebody that i, I just don't know and so I have to meet with the family to try to find out something about this person. And so I met with the family to find out a little bit about this person. And I, I said, can you guys uh, talk to me, tell me about this person? And it was just crickets. I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be fun. And they're like, well, he liked to fish. I'm like, oh, great. So I wrote that down, you know, like to fish, you know. I said, that's a gr great starting point. What, what else? Silence again, that awkward silence. And I, Man, he made great homemade ice cream. I wrote that down. Made great homemade ice cream. At the end of your life, do you want to be known for somebody who fished and made homemade ice cream? I believe there's something better. And you need to remember that we are creating a legacy right now. Right now. And you're either going to be known for being a follower of God and having a good name. Or you're going to be known for fishing and ice cream. I believe there's something better. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than gold. I want to ask you a question today. Are you ready to become a new creation? Are you ready for a new beginning? Are you ready for a new name?
The scripture says there's a new name written in glory for us. My hope and prayer for you is to to receive that new name. And it's a name given to you, not by your mom and dad, but by your Heavenly Father and the Savior who died on the cross for you. And I hope that you wear that name in such a way that you don't tarnish it, corrupt it, or bring dishonor to that name. Are you ready for that new name? Pray with me. Lord, thank you for reminding us how important it is to have a great name. Whatever the name that we've been given by our parents, Lord, we have the opportunity to wear your name. We have the opportunity to be known as children of God. I pray we wear that name with honor and humility. And that we inspire others in that way. In Jesus' name.